Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, everyone? We're back for episode 68 of the Deep Drive pod. And, you know, we're kind of, you know, first, the last month of the season or last month and a, and a week because you have that weird week in October due to uh, the lockout. But, you know, the divisional races or at least the teams that we know are going to have a fighting chance to make the playoffs are kind of set in stone here. We have a really strong AL Central race. The NL East is opened back up. The AL East is a lot closer uh, than it was projected to be just a month ago. Um, so there was a lot of exciting stuff going on in baseball. Uh, so, you know, James, I know that, you know, we were, when we lasted a podcast, you know, Mets were up, I believe five or six games in their division. Yankees were up seven or eight games in their division. And now Mets are up, I believe half a game if, because I'm, they're up nine, nothing. They're not going to blow that lead. Um, and the Braves were already run and they had a double header. So they're up half a game again. So, you know, I mean, looking at both of those teams, the Braves have just played so well this year. They've gotten great production from both of the big-time rookies they've called up in Harris and Strider. Grisham's given them some value. Their pitching is really good. Their offense is really good. But the Mets are still a powerhouse, right? I, I don't want people to conflate, you know, the Mets blowing the division lead, quote-unquote, with them collapsing because they've played really good baseball. Uh, the Braves have just gone on this pace that they are unstoppable, um, you know, we talked about in the last podcast is how great the Dodgers were um, and not to say the Braves are, you know, uh, putting up a season at the same level, you know, in terms of record as the Dodgers, but in terms of just being dominant, they've been at that pace ever since they got off to that slow start, you know, in the first two months of the season. So James, where do you see this NL East race going right now? Well, I mean, if you just kind of look at the schedules um, and I know I hate doing this, but the Mets play some really shitty teams to end the year. Um, and I know they're losing, they're losing games to the Pirates and the Nationals like they have this week, but they've got the Marlins, they've got the Cubs and they got the Pirates. And then you go into Milwaukee, that's a team I want to talk about later because they really not look good recently. Um, then you get A's, Marlins, and then this series, I really hope that this four game series, um, the last weekend of the season, um, so the 30th to the 2nd ends up being uh between the Mets and the Braves ends up being the decisive factor here because that, that would just be you know it's almost like a playoff series at that point and then the Mets will just roll in and uh go back to New York and then they get the Nationals to close out the season whereas the Braves kind of I mean they have a tougher schedule they have uh the Mariners who are the who are I believe the hottest team in the league right now if not if not the hottest definitely one of them uh the Giants uh you know they're not great but they put up more of a fight than most of the teams I mentioned for the Braves and the Phillies, another playoff team. They've got seven against the Phillies and then the Braves close the season against the Marlins. So, I mean, just overall, the Mets definitely have a chance here to cover some ground. Um, I still think it's their division to lose uh, just based on that, but the Braves have been so much better recently. Um, you know, it'll be close. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, there, there's been some pretty bad takes on both sides throughout the year, but, uh, the Mets and the Braves, but uh, these are two really damn good teams. The, I mean, they're, they're the second and third best teams in the National League, probably, uh, depending on how you feel about the Cardinals, who are also one of the hottest teams in the league, and they've kind of run away with the NL Central, which I guess a lot of people thought would be closer. So um, I would go with the Mets, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves won it. Yeah, I also think, you know, you look at where the um... – Braves and Mets stand. The Mets have the ninth seven advantage in the head to head series. Um, and that's big because that means the Braves have to sweep the Mets in order to get the head to head. So, 
in a situation in which the Braves and Mets are playing at the end of the season, as you mentioned, they play their second to last season is against each other. If the Mets have a one or two game lead, the Braves have to sweep to win the division, essentially. Um, How's it unless, nice seven? What happened? Shouldn't they, shouldn't they have only played uh, 15? Because they have I, four left. Uh, well, no, you play 19, I believe. Yeah. That's which better. So that's nine, seven, 16. 16, and they have four more. They have four. I thought it was three more. I I, I, what, I was under the I believe it's three more. Um, I could. Oh, it is three game. more. Yeah. I don't know where I was seeing a four game series. So you're right. So they would again need a sweep then. Right, and that series is in Atlanta. You know, the last time it, it's it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird situation because you know I, the 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 Braves aren't. I feel like whoever wins this division, it's not going to be because they didn't play great or they didn't ha- do enough. Maybe it's because they didn't do enough, but they played really good baseball to both of them the entire season. They're both on pace to have well over a hundred wins this season. Both of them are on pace to, if they were in almost any other division, win their division, except for the NL West. And I believe maybe the AL West, uh, but that I, I'm not even sure about that. The Braves might have a better, and the Mets might have a better record than the Astros. I'll check. Oh, uh, no, the Astros are no. still yeah. a, couple, so they would, a couple games ahead. Not much. But. They would win, you know, most divisions with their records, right? You know, we, we look at the, the Yankees and the Cardinals are the other all, all two teams with 80 plus wins. They would be winning those divisions. Uh, and by a pretty decent margin, three games in the loss column in the AL East, and then they'd be up five games in the loss column in the NL Central. Um, and obviously, the AL Central is a cakewalk. Um, I think. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, the AL Central, like, I saw a graphic yesterday with, like, the Orioles and how they'd be first place in the AL Central, even though they're fourth in the division and might not make the playoffs. They're three and a half out now, um, Baltimore is. But if I had to – I mean, they're going to be four and a half out if they lose today, uh, and they're down four to one right now. So I guess they're kind of falling apart a little bit, but they do have – the benefit of the uh they have the benefit of the strength of schedule here against the blue jays where um they have a chance because they play the blue jays so many more times like still they i think they have seven or six more games against the blue jays um and then other than that i mean they play the nationals they play the tigers they play the red sox a bunch of times there's a chance here for baltimore to cover some ground in the games not against the blue jays that the blue jays just kind of don't have because they have so many more games against the rays to close the season so um, yeah, I mean, I will those, say, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Those Rays games are tough for Toronto, whereas like these these Red Sox games for Baltimore are a little bit lighter. So, I mean, I don't know if four and a half games gets closed, but I think by the end of the year, they could be playing that that last play. Uh, that last series could be a play in kind of similar to what we were talking about with the Mets, because they actually close the season against each other. The Blue Jays are in Baltimore in the last two games of the year. Yeah, and you know, one thing I find interesting about the Orioles is just like, I think we can both agree the Blue Jays' quality of roster is better. So I would pick the Blue Jays to make the playoffs. I would also pick the Mariners and the Rays. The Orioles are just stuck in this situation where, you know, I I think we talked about this when the Mariners were red hot before they got Castillo. I mentioned they need that, like, neck that need they need that frontline starter um because if they don't have that frontline starter you're gonna have marco gonzalez and chris flex and pitching two out of every five days and those are not competitive guys in october to help you go deep into the playoffs but then they place one of them them. right so you have castillo kirby uh ray's pitching better and you have gilbert and now you have a really fucking good one two three four like that is a really good one through four um like that's that's probably i mean you could argue that's the deepest one through four in the american league um, I mean, I mean, Houston. Yeah. But you know what? 
yeah, I'm still going to take Houston yeah, because, I, I mean, you're going you're going Verlander and maybe maybe depth. The Mariners are a little better, but Verlander is kind of far and away better than any of the guys we've mentioned for Seattle. I don't know and if he's far I and also, away better than Castillo. I, don't I also know think Valdez better. is better than all of them. Yeah. So, okay. I mean... I, I think Verlander and Framber have a case to both be better than the Castillo, and then their number two does not have a case to be, be close. Uh, not close, but they don't have a case at all, any case to be better than Framber and Verlander. So I guess that's a good point there. But, like, the, the Mariners are legit contenders now. They have that starter. You know, they've gotten guys back position player-wise to be a good lineup. You know, that that is kind of the – I think Castillo is the – bridge between you know fringe contender and legit contender and i was adamant about they need a frontline starter i they went out and got i think you know the perfect fit for them uh they'll probably extend him i think that makes sense i think that's a really good fit for castillo as well um and then you look at you know the rest of the american league it's very much the astros versus the field right do we think the astros are like the Astros are going to be favorites to win the American League. Obviously, you're going to pick the field probability-wise because, you know, the Astros have to play two series. And even if they well, have yeah, a 50% I mean, probability-wise, you'll pick right. the field. But, I mean, the, it's so tough to bet on the Yankees right now. With it's not even just the Yankees. I mean, the With field. the way that they've looked recently, I know. But the Yankees are like, you know, they're that number two team in the in the AL right now. Obviously, record-wise, I don't know if they're the second best team in the AL. I think uh, you can make an argument that that any of these teams, uh, Tampa Bay or Seattle, are a little better right now. Uh, the Yankees are rolling out lineups with Ronald Guzman hitting as their cleanup hitter. And he's just, I mean, they're they're hitting triple-A guys in like their three and four spots. So The thing with the Yankees is, I mean, what team are you getting, right? If we're getting that first half team or something close to it, you know, you're going to see a very good American League championship series if they get there against the Astros you know, that'll be a great series. If you don't get that team and you get, you know, these hobbled kind of banged up guys rushing to return and, you know, get back into form, this team may not win the American League East. And if they do, they're going to have a really bad time against one of the Mariners and or Blue Jays or Rays and Cleveland or and or Cleveland, even though I would say Cleveland is definitively worse than the Yankees. Um, you know, short series, a slumping team, versus you know teams that have surged lately the rest of the american league has kind of closed that gap between the yankees and them the yankees have kind of sunken down from that tier with the astros where you felt like it was yankees astros those are the heavyweights in the american league the yankees have pulled down towards that field with the rays jays and mariners where they're all kind of in their own bubble and it's the astros and who can topple them so you know uh, the yankees are just in a weird spot you know they're are, have they played better in the last couple of games Sure, there's no doubt about that. Um, is that enough of a sample for you to call them back? No, not exactly. Um, you know, is the pitching good? Yes. The bullpen's good? Yes. The hitting is just, it's been radio silent. Um, they don't really have, Stanton hasn't looked great. When coming, when ever since he's coming back, Rizzo, the same thing, and he's out again. LeMahieu, the same thing, um, and he may be out again. So, I mean, it's kind of tough for them. I think I agree with you. Kind of pick the Astros, even though probability-wise you want to go with the field. I just feel so much more confident that the Astros are just this complete team that they don't really have a flaw, right? The bullpen's very good. As you mentioned, they have two, two definite, not questionable ace-caliber pitchers in Verlander and Fran Valdez. They can both go seven innings, go one, zero runs to two runs of ball. You know, uh, three times through the order is not a concern for them. And then that three and four and five, I mean, we just saw Hunter Brown throw 93 mile per hour sliders. Um, so 95 mile per hour sliders. I mean, it's a factory. 
Right. Like they just, they just develop guys that have this ridiculous stuff. We're not even talking about, you know, guys like uh, Christian Javier who are having breakout seasons, you know, Lance McCullers Jr. is most likely going to look more like himself as the games go on. Uh, you know, Luis Garcia is a solid pitcher. They have so much pitching. There's definitely someone I just forgot to mention um, in all the Astros. I mean, I, they, they're, I think you got him or Kitty, I guess, but he's not very good. Who am I? I'm definitely forgetting someone. I feel like I am. Maybe I'm wrong. They traded Odorizzi, so yeah, but he's he's not really good. Like I don't I don't consider. Him I bad. think you've got him. Uh, you go in yeah. the playoff series. It's gonna be it's gonna be uh, Verlander, Valdez, McCullers, and and uh, probably Garcia. I'd assume. I think it might be Javier. I mean, Javier is right now. He's oh yeah, Javier's had a really good he's, year. He's freaking like Javier's having a really damn good year. Like right now he's in the midst of five innings, eight strikeouts, you know, no one run, no walks. Like as he, ever since joining the rotation full time, um, you know, back in mid May, three, five, six ERA at Houston's pretty strong uh, considering the run environment, 32.7% strikeout rate to a 9.4% walk rate. That's pretty strong. A three, two, nine Sierra. I mean, that's a number three starter, number two starter on a lot of teams. You could argue that's the number three on every single contender in the American league. Um, and he's their number four, three, depending on how you, McCullers looks down the street. I mean, probably, probably four. I, I think they're probably going to trust McCullers a little more, just the experience and and all that. But I mean, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't really make that big of a difference. Obviously, Houston's loaded, and they have been for years. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't think that's changing anytime soon, especially given this offense is still probably the best in baseball, uh, top to bottom right now. Uh, with Altuve. Altuve's having just an incredible year, and I feel like he's kind of going a little bit under the radar. Um, I, I think his, his WRC Plus is up to like 160 now, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it's 159. And, you know, he would probably be smack dab in an MVP race if it wasn't for the fact that they're, we're seeing two of the greatest seasons we may ever see uh, right. coinciding at the same time. But, you know... A one in fifty nine WRC plus, you know, Tucker Alvarez. I mean, that's um, online with with uh, with twenty seventeen when he won the MVP. Obviously, obviously the counting stats are a little lower. You know, uh, yeah. le- way less runs, RBIs, all that stuff, stolen bases, less WAR for sure. But I mean, he's a thirty two year old with a one sixty WRC plus leading off, and then they go Pena, who's kind of fallen off a little bit at, towards the end of the year, but Bregman, yeah. You know, Bregman yeah, I mean, Bregman is, I think Bregman's back. Yeah, he's uh, back, for sure. Like, there's really no question there. Like, this is this is prime Bregman that we're seeing right now. Um, right. In the second half, I think he's had, like, a 170-something WRC+. Plus. That's, I mean, that, I haven't checked that in a while, but uh, we can go do that right now. They're and uh, you know, they're just a really they're just an incredible position play. And you mentioned Pena's falling off a little bit. He's kind of a league average at this point, but he's a ridiculously good defensive player. And if you look at what I mean, is yeah, health, and then you look at a shortstop with with an average bat and seven O eight glove, right? Like you'll take that. And you know, I I know it's I know it's kind of a cliche, right? But you know, good defense, it helps your pitching. This is a team that, you know, they pitch very well. They have great talent pitching-wise. They're going to play great defense in October. They're going to hit a lot of home runs. They're not going to swing and miss a lot. They're going to walk a ton. They're just, and they're a deep lineup for a lot. You know, it's an advantage to have the best pitching staff in the American League and also have the best offense in the American League. You know, that means that your pitching staff is never going to face the best offense in baseball uh, unless they face the Dodge in the World Series. And your lineup is never going to face a pitching staff better than yours. So, 
you know, could you say, okay, you know, uh, if the, if the Astros run into a team like, you know, the Yankees, the Rays, where they have that number one guy who's really good in Cole or McClanahan and, you know, they lose that first game. Do you get a little worried? Sure. But you know, the Yankees and the Rays, who are they turning to in game two? That's Framber Valdez, you know, they don't. Right. And even if you lose game one, you're still going to lose with Justin Verlander on the mound, which is a, especially in the early rounds of the playoffs is a tough guy to be. I know he has had his struggles in the world series, which are a little odd, but um, I mean, in the rest of the playoffs, he's kind of been, you know, one of the best postseason performers in, in MLB history. And he eats innings, right? Like, that's another thing. Like, he he will, if he gives up four runs in the first inning, he could still finish. Still give, give you seven six. Innings. He might give you seven. I'm pretty sure there's a start. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was, was actually one against Yankee the Yankees. Series with the he, Aaron Hicks, Homer yes, off the and I'm, foul ball. And... I'm pretty confident he pitched seven innings that day. I'm fairly confident. And that's a close game too. So you would feel pressure to have to go to your bullpen so that you can give yourself a chance to win that game. And he just pitched his ass off. Like there's, there are just guys who just have ridiculous volume um, and can give you these long outings and these deep outings and benefit your entire staff. And they have, they're going to have Urquidy and Brown in the bullpen. Most likely. I mean, if you give me three innings of Hunter Brown, that's, that's scary. That dude just throws ridiculously hard. He has ridiculous stuff. Urquidy, you know, you want to call him an ERA merchant. I think that's fair, a fair criticism of Urquidy. But you know what? He's been effective. His ERA has been, you know, a sub eight, a sub 90 ERA minus every single year of his career. And we're at 323 innings of sample here. So when do we get to the point where we just, hey, maybe he's just a benefactor of, you know, a strong defense. Maybe that's the situation, but it doesn't really matter because you don't have to worry about him pitching somewhere else. He's home run prone. Yes. Um, but he just avoids giving up runs, which is kind of weird. Um, and even Steamer and Zips just see him as an average pitcher. But you know what? An average pitcher as your seventh best starter is ridiculous depth. Um, and, I, you know, you could look at him in a bullpen role. You know, as a reliever, he's kind of spotty. He doesn't really get more strikeouts. The strikeouts have never really been there for him. Um, but, you know, you might see him flourish in a bullpen role, especially, I mean, his strikeout rate first time through the order is ridiculous. It's just, it drops off later on. So I think that could be a great role for him in October. They just have a lot of pitching depth, you know? I mean, yeah, every, every pitcher who steps on the mound for Houston, this playoffs is going to be above average at the very least. Right. Barring injury, you know, this is arguably one of the deepest, just well, this is just a really extremely well-rounded team. This is a team that's just, you know, I, I hate to use the word perfect, but they're close. They are very well. I mean, they could use, I think they could use a third or fourth outfielder, but. Yeah. No, I mean, catcher is not great for them. I, I mean, I'm not saying like position to position, but I mean like, you know, in the three phase in the phases of the game, they offense, have an elite offense an elite bullpen and an elite rotation and, and a great really, defense. And there's really not much more you can ask uh, out of a general manager than that. Unless um, you're the Dodgers. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the Dodgers also have more resources than the Astros just yeah money general. wise yeah they and, and you know what I think we look at the Astros and the Dodgers and we just both kind of if we're going to be betting if we're going to if I'm going to bet or I'm going to pick on a team to win the American League and National League I feel like it's Dodgers Astros and I know that's a, you know last year that was probably the pick and in 2019 the year before that, that, the, the year before well, that not 2020 I think 2020 the Rays at that point were better but you know, 2020, 2019, you mentioned. Yeah, but then that 2020 ALCS, there's a really good argument to be made that the Astros deserve to win that series just based on, like... Oh, I think every, the Astros are very good. I, don't I mean, they, out, they outplayed the Rays that series, but that's a that's a whole different argument. 
Um, I would say in the AL, I would say don't sleep on Cleveland. Um, I would agree. They, you know, I think I think they're not getting enough attention because they're kind of in. They're like they're kind of backing into a playoff spot. You know, they're not. Um, they wouldn't be in a playoff spot if divisions didn't exist, which, um, unfortunately for the Orioles, they do. But it yeah, sucks for them. But like this team is really good. Their pitching staff is loaded. Um, and I know it's a different type of pitching staff. It's not the one that you typically see succeed in October. But at the same time, that the Guardians have kind of built this um, repertoire of pitchers, where it's just like I kind of trust their process. You know what I mean? Right. Um, where you know maybe they're not striking out the most hitters, but every single pitcher who steps on the mound for Cleveland is putting up numbers like three RAs, uh, whether it's Cal Quantrill or Tristan McKenzie or Cal, uh, or Shane Bieber. And... Well, Bieber's having a great year. He's been, you know, ridiculous. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I would say that in a, in a short series, Cleveland scares me, and they would scare me even if I was, like, looking at, at as the Yankees or an Astros fan. Um, maybe – more so the Yankees and the Astros, just based on the way that the Yankees' offense has looked right now. I think they could be neutralized by a pitching staff like Cleveland. But, um, I mean, it's it's a big question as to who they'll end up seeing. Because they're, like, locked in. They will be the three seed so long as they don't lose the division, um, which I think probably won't happen. They, I mean, they've got two teams chasing them, but I don't know. I think they're the best team in the AL Central. So they're going to get the sixth seed, which which most likely will end up being Toronto, I'm assuming, but that that'll be a fun series. I would say don't sleep on Cleveland, and then I th- I still think Seattle's the second best team in the American League as of right now. But obviously things can change. Well, quickly. Seattle's red hot, so that's you know I, that that plays a big hand into this. If they continue to play red hot, they will play well in October. The only thing that scares me with them is that they may have to run into the Astros in the first round, which, um kind of is a death sentence for a lot of teams because the Astros, the American League Division Series, are maybe one of the greatest teams I've ever watched. Like, that, they crush people in the ALDS. It's not funny. Like, they literally slaughter teams. I mean, they've made it to the ALCS. What now is it six or is it five or six years in a row? Right. But, um, you know. They'll probably make it again, just given the circumstances. Uh, it'll, it'll be a fun series, though. I think, you know, especially given that they're division rivals and the Mariners are young and fun. Um. I don't know. Uh, if we switch over to the NL, I think we can talk about the Cardinals. The Cardinals are just like they are blazing hot. They're beating everybody, and their um, offense is ridiculous. Their offense is so loaded, and their pitching I mean, has been better lately. Quintana, Flaherty's looked great. His velocity's back. His stuff is back. Montgomery's really good. Um, you know, just one two, and Wainwright's going to be there. That's four starters that can at least compete in a playoff game. Is if it, the Cardinals can get this Jack Flaherty, I think they might win the National League. I think they are very much in that same bubble, in my opinion. Maybe this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but I think they're in that same bubble with the Mets and the Braves. I think the Braves would beat them in a five-game series or seven games, same thing with the Mets. But I, I don't think it's like 65. Like I, I would say coming into the season, I would not be very high on any central team. Um, but the Cardinals have kind of shown, you know, I picked them to win the division, you know, thank you for that Cardinals. I fuck, you know, I beat fan graphs there. Uh, so, you know, thank you guys. Uh, but you know, uh, they hit very well, you know, they, they can slug with anyone and out slug almost anyone with the exception of perhaps the Dodgers. 
Um, and you know, if you if you're the Braves or the Mets, and you know you don't win the games, you don't win those games where you have the Striders or Freeds or Scherzers or Degroms on the mound. You know, you get into the later part of that series, and you're you're not going to be feeling very good. I mean, St. Louis is a cavernous ballpark. That defense plays to their pitching. Um, you know, we've I, we've talked about how bad pip drops a lot in the playoffs. Having a good defense is, you know, it, it's it's very very it's a huge advantage. Um, and they happen to have two of the hottest position players in the sport right now in Arnado and Goldschmidt. Um, and Lars Newtball's re- re- Lars Newtbar is red hot. He's not a gimmick player. He's not just a guy with a goofy name. He is genuinely a good player. You know, they have. I'm pretty sure Tyler O'Neill's hit a little better lately. Um, you know, the only flaw with their offense is really, you know, the catcher and Yadier Molina, but you know, kind of live with it because he's supposedly a good game caller. I believe he's a good game caller. I, I, I just, I have no reason to doubt he isn't a great game caller. And I I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that, you know, pedigree with Molina. Uh, I think, I think San Diego is interesting. They're probably guaranteed to play us at this point, um, because Milwaukee has just looked horrible recently um it almost looks like the brewers are trying to miss the playoffs but i'm not even gonna get into that yet um i think san diego could do some damage uh just given how much talent is in this is in this lineup um you know obviously no tatis for them but soto and machado are up there with arenado and goldschmidt for like that you know top tier of duos and then they also got you know, Bell and Cronenworth, Profar, Kim, Myers, like a bunch of other average-ish hitters to slightly above average. I think this team um, could put up a ton of runs in the right in the right environment. Um, and then you go into a playoff series. They, I mean, they obviously have pitching with Musgrove and Darvish and, uh, and whoever the hell else they want to put out there. Snell's look better recently. Um, Manaya's horrible, but they're going to have to look at that. Yeah, I think the thing, and you know, we were talking about how Cleveland is, you know, Cleveland somehow has a better position player F4 than the Padres. You look at how much the the Padres got Juan Soto. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) you could argue, you know, at the deadline, I mean, that was the great, like one of the best players you could have possibly ever acquired in any deadline ever. Um, And they don't have a better position player F4 than the Guardians, but their pitching is very good, right? As you mentioned, they're just interesting because I don't think you want to face them in a short series, but at the same time, they're also like, they just have this like, um, you know, I, I like they're the Mets. so inconsistent, you know, how um, like the Mets were viewed for like, and I know this hasn't necessarily changed for a lot of people, but you know, before this year, how the Mets were viewed, like they were kind of due to have some embarrassing fall in your face moment. The Padres just consistently routinely fall flat on their face. And there's that factor of like, I just, I don't know, man. I just can't picture that team pulling off a World Series. I think it would have to take some drastic change of fortune. I mean, they get Juan Soto, and not even a week later, their star shortstop gets popped for PEDs. You know, like, you know, it almost I, seems like they're cursed. Right. They were right in the mix in that NL West race. They get Soto, and they collapse completely. They're they go completely out of it. The Dodgers go red hot. You know, and they're only in a playoff spot, kind of like how Cleveland is. They're back into a playoff spot, except it's not because of divisions. It's because the Brewers are losers. Um, oh, the Brewers know, are they're pathetic. So, I mean, they're. I think the Brewers. The Brewers are built around a superstar Christian Yelich, and they're not getting it. That that's like their main. I would say that's probably their. And they main don't problem, spend so. money. It's the way that they're they're built. They're built for if you look up and down their lineup. Like this lineup would look good if you know. Adamus, Renfro, McCutcheon, 
Kira and all of them are supporting a 170 WRC plus Yelich, but the problem is that he's not a 170 WRC plus hitter anymore. And so all of a sudden your lineup, you know, a lineup of all average hitters is cool in theory, but it never actually works in practice. Right. Um, and on top of that, I mean, the pitching staff is great. Like there's no doubt about it, but if you can't hit, I mean, you're basically, what, what are you as an, or as a team, you know, like, what are, what are you going to accomplish? How can you beat a team like the Cardinals? If they can't, if they're going to be able, if they're outplaying you consistently, and then you go and play teams like the Rockies and you have shit show met, you know, they trade. I mean, you can't, you can't in a playoff race lose. What is it? Out of seven, they went two and five against the Diamondbacks and Rockies. You can't. Didn't the Cubs takes take licks against them too? I'm pretty sure the Cubs. Oh, the Cubs took the season series from the Brewers, and they tied with the Pirates. I think or ten nine the Pirates. I'm confident in saying, uh, yeah, because you can't tie because it's an yeah, but yeah, I'm confident in saying like we're gonna have to have a real discussion in the off season if the Brewers fail to get better. And this is another thing about the Brewers that Yellowge contract isn't just a hamper on the field; it's financial. Oh, it was eleven eight, eleven eight Pirates uh, Brewers, but still, like no, but that's not good enough, right? Like I guess that's kind of what we're getting at here. Um, another thing too is like you know that. Yellich contract acts like an anchor. It stops them from making a lot of moves they should have made or they should be making. Um, you know, what they don't have financial flexibility. They have a great farm. Like they do have a farm that's like it's coming together and that'll help them down the road. Um, but a lot of the best farms in baseball are in their own division. And you know what? The Cubs are not like the, the Cubs and, and Brewers, I would say are definitely like the Brewers are definitely better than the Cubs right now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I think they're, if you look at like the trajectories of these teams, it's like this, you know, the Cubs are going straight up this way and the Brewers are just falling off a cliff. You right. know, I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking, we're looking back in two years and the Brewers are one of the worst teams in the league. And another thing too is, look, the Cubs can go buy whatever they need on the free agent market, right? Like they need a shortstop, oh, not a shortstop, but uh, they need an infielder. They'll go out and get an infielder. They need a middle of the order bat. They'll go out and get a middle of the order bat. You know, I believe Shohei Otani was reported as a guy that the Cubs are interested in, and that then I remember Otani was interested in the Cubs. They have money and they have a draw. There, there's there are a lot of people. Um, if the Cubs, hey, if the ahead. Cubs want, like. If they want Otani enough, they'll they'll be able to land him just based on the fact that they have enough money to do so. The Brewers right. would never be in a race for a guy like that, and it's just the reality of the situation there. And you know, talking about you know uh, where the Cubs are at in, in terms of what their situation is, their farm is very good. Um, you know, and you know uh, they can go out and buy things they need. And, and kind of the, the, the pinnacle here with the Cubs is that, look, I mean, you've heard, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if you heard Wes Neske's uh, post-game interview where he talks about it, Chicago's loud, right? Like, that's a, like that stadium gets loud. That team is not remotely competitive. That team has, like, I'm pretty sure they're basically eliminated from playoff contention. Um, oh, yeah. That, and, they're, yeah. and they're still selling out Rayleigh really Field on a regular basis. Right. So if you're a free agent, you know, you want to be marketable. You know, we saw this with, I believe, Lester, where he mentioned he wanted to sign with the Cubs. He could be the first one there uh, to kind of start off what he thought was something special and ended up being something special. Um, Why would a free agent sign with Milwaukee when they are going to offer you less money? You're going to be in a worse market. The owners are not nearly as committed to winning, right? Like sit down and have a pitch with the Cubs versus the Brewers. The Brewers are 12 games better in the standings in the Cubs, but you know what? You feel way more committed to the winning. So you feel a greater commitment to winning from ownership for the Cubs than you do about the Brewers and the Cardinals too are in that division and they're young and they're good and they have great prospects. The Cardinals are another team that they're a team that can spend a little bit. I mean, they're going to bring up, they're going to bring up Mason wins soon. They'll bring up Jordan Walker. Right. 
Um, the Cardinals have, I think, a really top-heavy farm, but still a very good farm system at that. Like, the Brewers, Brewers might – I mean, they have an argument to have maybe the best farm system in baseball, but um, just based on the pure volume of top 100, top 150 prospects that they have. But, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to be in a position like the Brewers right now because they're – you know, they're going to keep trying to do what they've been doing the last few years where it's like they kind of just churn guys in and out. You know, they don't really show any commitment to their players. You know, you see Hayter, they just sent him away. And I know he's been bad since he got traded, but um, they'll trade their best players right in the middle of their peaks uh, just because they don't want to pay them. And that's kind of the way that this organization is going to be run until, I mean, I don't know. Like what but gives you confidence even, to extend Burns? Why would I, Burns going to get more? Like he could get $300 million contract. Why would he stay? They're not going to give him $300 million. Especially you know? given what happened to Yelich. Yeah. Like they're not going to. I don't know. I, I think that we're looking too much in the big picture compared to what I, what I was thinking about with the Brewers, but I'm just saying like, you know, as it is right now, like, you can't lose these games in the middle of the playoff race. Exactly. They're kind of in this, they're just not playing great. They're not handling business. And you know what? The Phillies have kind of taken advantage of that. You know, I, I, I've clowned the Phillies a lot um, on this podcast because they're kind of this hilarious group of what the fuck are you doing type of team. And they've, what the fuck are we doing themselves into a top 10 record in baseball? Um, I don't know how they got there. Oh, they're good. They've kind of, yeah, they've kind they're of flown on the radar. They, 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 they've, they've, there's so many laughable moments with the Phillies this season, and they are one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. They have this reputation for being a bad pitching staff, and they are fourth in F4. They lead, they, they would be, no, they don't lead their division because the Braves are ahead of them, but they are fourth in all of baseball in pitching F4. Ahead of the Mets, ahead of the Yankees, ahead of the Padres, ahead of the Rays, ahead of Cleveland, ahead of Toronto, ahead of Seattle, ahead of Milwaukee, who, by the way, is a league average in pitching F4. That's not a great sign for them. You know, they're starting pitching. We talk uh, about, we've talked about Wheeler a lot, you know, Nola. They're tied for the best starting pitching F4 in the sport. This is just a really, like, I don't know. It's a know really how. damn good team. Yeah, and they have a good WRC plus the team. 105 is good enough to get you by with the pitching. You know, the bullpen, yes, it's always going to be that reputation of, I don't know what this team really is. And the team ERA reflects that. And the, the win probability for their bullpen is in the negatives. Um, so they still have that kind of low Phillies aspect. Yeah, to the them. thing about the thing about bullpens in the playoffs is they shrink a lot. So yes. those those guys who you're looking at that are kind of contributing to those numbers you're looking at right now, they don't play. So it doesn't really matter. Um, in a, in a playoff series, like you you go in with Wheeler and Nola, and you might only need four innings from your bullpen in the first two games of a series, and then those can be the same two guys. It can be uh, Robertson and. Uh, I mean, who else in this bullpen is even somewhat decent? Alvarado, Dominguez. Yeah, Sir Anthony Dominguez is really good. I'm pretty sure Alvarado, since coming back, uh, you know, I think he, when did they sent him down for a period? Brad Hand's been okay. Connor Brogdon's been okay. I, I mean, I would say, like, if you can go Wheeler for seven and then Dominguez for one and Knable or, or Robertson or something like that, some, some, form of those like four relievers uh with wheeler nola going seven innings like you're looking fine at least for a short series i don't know if they last in a long one but a uh, wheeler and nola are also work workhorses in the sense that they can probably pitch on three four days rest uh 
I mean, they can pitch on short rest and yeah, go my- game one and game four, game two and game five. And so then you really don't have to worry about that game three. I guess my only concern with them, and I don't know if this is a fair concern. I mean, I think it's a fair concern, but they just like they just don't field well, and I'm concerned that it's going to cost them a lot in October. Um, and that's kind of like I, I think it's their defense that holds them back the most. Like if you look at what like their pitching staff, what probably holds their bullpen back is the defense. What probably holds any starting pitching back is the defense. What holds back anything with that team is their defense. They're a bad defensive team. Um, you know, they try to kind of maneuver around that really shitty defense, but it's hard to do so. Um, you know, do I think that they're going to necessarily, you know, make every error, like they're not going to be able to make a single play. No, I don't think it's like anything like historically dog shit, but is it worse than every other team in the playoffs? Most likely. Yeah. Um, I know they have that reputation and I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying that they're not going to ever, like they don't have a shot, but they don't have the shot that like the Braves do or the Mets do or the Dodgers do because they're not a good defensive team and they don't do or like the Mar- like I would put them below the Mariners and I put them below the Blue Jays and I put them below the Rays and I put them below the Yankees. And that's just that little bit. That, they're kind of in that weird tier with the Padres where they're not as good as those teams. But like, you're like, they should be as good. They should be this I good. Think, they should be like, I know. mean, we looked at, when, when we talked about this last year, I, I mean, obviously we remember Jack saying that any team can win the World Series except for the Braves and they won the World Series. I'm not going to say I remember saying every team. I remember saying every team could win it. I remember arguing that every team could win it. And I think we're looking at the same thing this year. I don't think there's yes. a playoff team, even with expanded playoffs. I don't think there's a playoff team that can't win it. Um, I, I think expanded teams, playoffs have been good. There are teams. Uh, oh, for sure. I think uh, when you look at the wild card standings um, in in the in both leagues, uh, I don't think that third team is unqualified in either league. Uh, it's it's the Padres in the NL, who I mean I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be mad if we saw a playoffs without the Padres, but it'd be pretty, it'd be kind of funny. But yeah, exactly. And t- I mean Toronto's definitely a playoffs team, and we they had the same problem last year where they probably should have made the playoffs. And they won ninety two games or something, um, and missed. Um, and I think that was part of the reason why the twelve team playoff was so popular. But I mean, just looking at what we know about. Uh, these teams is I just think that this twelve these twelve this twelve team playoff as much as I hate when they expand playoffs in any sport um, we're not gonna get into anything else any other sports right now but I hate I hate expanding playoffs just in general I think it's stupid but I think this one is worthy because twelve teams is like a, is a good number for for baseball yeah I think it should stay at that number too I don't want it to go any further. I don't want 14 I don't want 16 16 right. stupid yeah 16, 16 you end up with these, too much with these NBA teams where they go like 40 and 42 and make the playoffs like get the fuck out of here that's not what that's not a playoff team right but, and you know like look at like the Mariners and the Jays would be like oh gosh are they gonna make the playoffs and it's that shouldn't be the case I think those two teams have clearly established themselves as really good I, I think the Padres you know we talk about like you know it'd be kind of funny to see them miss it but you know what if they get red hot man if Soto clicks Machado clicks Bell clicks and their pitching is their pitching they're gonna win a lot of games they're gonna win a lot they could win a lot of games in October the really the big question is you know can you beat the Dodgers I guess because the Dodgers are kind of the way we talk about the Astros is the way I'm going to talk about the Dodgers, but to a greater extent, because that team is, I mean, loaded. I don't know if loaded is the great, I don't, I don't think you can really call them loaded the way you call other teams loaded because I mean, it just, it runs deep, dude. Like that team is just stacked, right? Like top to bottom left and right. You know, uh, the pitching is ridiculous. Kershaw, May, Urias, Heaney, 
Anderson is, I mean, they're, they're, I think they have like a top three ERA plus in like the modern era ever. The bullpen, I mean, Chris Martin's a like fill in guy for them and he's ridiculous. They've lost Walker Bueller. Tony Gonzalez is on the IL right now and their pitching has not skipped a beat. Like, look at their, the injured list is ridiculous for this team. Uh, Yancy Almonte, Danny Duffy, Victor Gonzalez, Brutzer Gradual, Daniel Hudson, Tommy Canley, Jimmy Nelson, David Price, uh, Walker Bueller, Tony Gonsolin. Like, that's, you know, you know, that's the, uh, that's like the best pitching staff in baseball right then and there, right? Like and that bullpen on the IL. Right. And they're just replacing these guys left and right. Now, the offense, yes, the whole very obviously off the top of the head is Bellinger, right? But you have Tristan Thompson, who for some reason, for some unbeknownst Trace, Trace, Trace Thompson, excuse me, who has a 145, he has a 145 WRC plus for the fucking Dodgers right now. Now, I, I know that um, it's bat speed related. He has like really good bat speed and his power is not like below average, but he's got two defensive runs saved, two outs above average in center field. He'll probably be their starting center fielder in the playoffs. Um, they have still have Chris Taylor. They stay have, you know, Miguel Vargas. If he hits heats up, they can go to him. I know Chris Taylor only has a 95 WRC plus this year, but if that's your worst position player, you're doing pretty good. You know, you do, you're doing all right. You know, you're doing all right. You're doing pretty good. Um, you know, Max Muncy is kind of turned around. He's at a one Oh five WRC plus he's starting to put the ball in the seats again after having a really brutal start to the year. Uh, he's really come alive uh, since the month of August, one fifty four WRC plus. Um, uh, what what is the flaw with this team? Like we talked about the Dodge, like the Astros, like maybe they could get more production from this position, that position. I think come October, you go into this into the playoffs. I don't love. I, I think I think especially with the guys that they've lost. You know, Bueller might not pitch until twenty twenty four, but that's a whole different issue. Um, I think just that's that starting pitching could be better. Um, you know, it's it's Urias who's definitely a Cy Young candidate based on. Um, what he's done so far this year, but obviously it's, it's early. Uh, it's not early. That's not what I mean. Obviously Sandy's going to win. Uh, but, um, you know, I don't know. Kershaw, Arias, and I don't know when Gonsolin's back. It might be a little phantom IL, but they already said, they said it wasn't, but I don't know if I trust them. It was a forearm issue. It's a little concerning. Uh, I don't like that. Strained forearms or not. Like that, you usually see like groin or back. For phantom stuff, it's always the groin or the back. It's always yeah, like forearm. That's, you know, that's scary. Or it could just be, or it could just be a really good phantom IL stint. Who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it's just he's fatigued. You know, I hope it's not too bad because he's, you know, he's, I know he's an, e, you know, he's an ERA merchant, whatever, but the Dodgers are fucking ridiculous. I don't give a shit. Um, you know, they'll, they they'll, need they'll, him. They need right. him if they're gonna if they're gonna win the World Series. I think they need that third pitcher because as of right now, you go Kershaw and uh, and Urias. Yes. But I like May. I think Dustin May's stuff is really good. I like him. I don't know if I trust Dustin May though to give me like six or seven quality innings in the. Oh no, definitely series. not six or seven quality. But are they really gonna ask anyone outside of maybe Urias and maybe Kershaw for six or? I seven? mean, I I think Kershaw would go seven in a playoff game. I, do you? But do you think they're gonna routinely need to ask him to do that? I mean, they're gonna be able to. I don't know. To... I think. I mean, this lo- the the lineup is loaded. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's the bullpen, Mookie, too. Mookie Betts is having the second – I mean, he might be having the second-best season of his career, and that's saying a lot given uh, the career that Mookie Betts has had. Um, yeah, like, Mookie Betts could be a 100-war player by the time he retires, and I feel like that's – Oh, for that's- sure, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like, 100-war players are generational talents, right? Yeah. And Mookie's 29 years old, sitting at 50. It's – it's a 
complete possibility. Right. And, and having, you know, he's going to probably put up seven wins this year. Again, missing a decent amount of games, missing 20, 20 30 games. Um, he'll probably have another, what, seven and a half, seven and a half war this year. And uh, yeah, if he, he can keep this up. Even if he doesn't end up with that 100 war mark, he's going to land in the eight high 80s, low 90s, perhaps. And he'll be a top 25 player in F war of all time. I don't think that really like sits like in, I'm not saying he's a top 25. Obviously, you know, there's pitchers involved and there are some guys who've had shorter careers, you know, you, you know, that didn't play so long. But I mean, think about that. Mookie Betts, we're watching Mookie Betts. He's, you know, we saw him traded. You know, is Soto going to be a top 25 player of all time? Do we know that he's going to be top 25 I don't think, all I don't. time? No, right? I be- believe in him to, at least not the F war. He won't, he, I right? don't think he'll ever put up the war that Soto, uh, that Betts puts up just because of the defense. And, and I guess that's kind of where I sit, right? Like, it's like, we, I mentioned we saw Soto, we, we might've saw a guy, seen a guy who's going to be a top, you know, a top 25 position player ever get traded in his prime by the Boston Red Sox in this era, like, I don't know. Like, that's kind of wild to me. This is a really fucking good player. Like, this is a remarkable generation-type player. Should I think it's kind of funny. The, the, um, the Dodgers have used him at second base a couple times recently. I think they, they're just messing around at this point. Yeah, I mean, they've got Division One. They're kind of fucking around. They're kind of figuring out, you know, what, what they can do in the outfield. Even though they don't really need the outfield, they need the outfield help more than they need the infield help. Like, why? Why, why, why not? Why take it seriously? That's not what I'm arguing. But why do you, you don't need to like, you're not dying to, you know, you're not dying to win games right now. I told, like, I think we met, we talked about the wins record when they said it. And I think it was like, they don't really need to give a fuck about these games. They're not going to sweat these games because it doesn't make sense to, to chase a record that you have a very low chance of grabbing. Um, they're not going to sweat these games. They don't give a shit. Like, you know, not to not to say it. So where are they? They're way. ninety. They're ninety four and forty two to set the win record. They need to go twenty two and four to end the season. And that's not. And you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's not happening. And it's, it's not, not going to happen. But you know, as fun as it could have been, it won't happen. Um, and for the and at this point, like they've already clinched the one seed in the in the NL, right? Not yeah. obviously not literally, but like they're they're going to win their division. They're, they're going to get a buy. They're eight games ahead of the Mets. They're they're right. gonna they're gonna be the one seed. They could lose out. They might they might still be the one seed. So, um, and they're just that's obviously also an exaggeration. And that's and that's a really there, good. We're we're not trying to downplay any other team. Like we're not trying to downplay team. We're just trying to like like probability wise, right? They're just they're just they're they're kind of just, they're, they're where but every team. I, wants. I mean, I think they're they're so depleted though. Like I, the Dodgers are the best team in the league. Uh, in the they're the best team in the league for sure. Um, top to bottom, if you look at their roster, but they're so depleted right now. I don't know. I would, I don't know if they're the world series favorites. I think they're the world series favorites. And here's why, if there's any time the Dodgers should be depleted, it's now they don't have to care. They can take, have guys take their time. They can work. Like if Tony Gonsolin needs to get to 80 pitches, it doesn't matter if he gives up 30 runs, they'll let him because they don't give a fuck. These games don't matter. Right. Like, right. let's think about the Yankees trying to get a guy like Severino back. If they need to get him to 80 pitches, you, you know, got to do it in the minors. Right. But not only that, the minor league season's over now. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, if you want to get him to 80 pitches in a major league game or get him to 100, he's got to pitch well to get to that point. You can't just let him do it. You know what I mean? Because you can't risk losing a baseball game 
when you need every win you can get. The Rays, same thing with them and, and a guy like Shane McClanahan when he comes back. They can't just say throw 100 pitches. They have to say, okay, we got to get you to 80. We got to get you to 90. We got to get you. Like they, they got to hold themselves back a little bit. Same thing with the Yankees. Same thing with a lot of teams nursing dudes back. The Dodgers have this advantage where they don't have to rush anyone back. And the Astros, I think, have shares advantage with Verlander. Verlander's not going to need to rush back. Sure, it'd be nice for him to pick up another Cy Young, but does he care at this point in his career? He does probably. Do the Astros? Not really. Everyone knows he's going to waltz into the Hall of Fame. Everyone knows he's one of the greatest starting pitchers we'll ever see. Everyone knows he's one of the most accomplished pitchers, pitchers ever. These guys are going to waltz into October free. This is the benefits, the, the, the spoils of being such a great team in the regular season. There is an advantage to it. They get to kind of ease guys back, position players, pitchers. And I think if the Dodgers are going to pick a time to be banged up, it's now. Now, the last three weeks of the season, if we don't see, you know, Tony Gonsolin on a major league mound, I'm going to count him out for, you know, ever pitching six innings in October. If we don't see him back two weeks into the season, I'm going to count him a reliever. Um, you know, it kind of, they just don't have to rush these guys back. And I think that gives them time to build up and kind of get to the where they need to be without any worries about, we got to win this game. We got to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I think we can wrap up there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll see you in episode, what, 69? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.